0: Getting older, cannot sleep, got random
1: pain. In some ways, you're wiser, bolder, but you're sweating. It's like rain. Search for answers, getting colder. They can't fix it, can't explain. Your anxiety will smolder. You've become a sex withholder. There's bursitis in your shoulder. Cause, Cause you're circling, circling the drain. Circling the drain. Circling. 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 circling the drain. Circling, circling the drain. Down. Hello, and welcome to our first podcast of Circling the Dream. I'm Julia Granaki, I'm 45, and I know I'm in perimenopause because this morning when I got on the PATH train, there was no air conditioning on the PATH train, and instead the doors on either side were just wide open and all of the heat was coming in and I had my mask on and I was melting. So to all of you people out there who are having hot flashes in the heat with the mask on, I feel your pain and I see you. I see you.
0: You're seen by Julia. Hi, I'm Ellie Dvorkin Dunn. I'm 44. And I know I'm in perimenopause because I currently possess an actual prescription for estrogen cream that I'm supposed to rub on my vaginitals. And it does nothing. I'm not even sure why I have it or what it's supposed to do, but it doesn't do anything. And that is why I believe I'm in perimenopause. Just Thanks. one of the many reasons. One that's of the many great. reasons.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. Ellie and I have known each other for over 20 years.
0: That is correct. We first met in college and we bonded over a near-death
1: experience. Do you want to tell them about that, Julia? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would say that's right. If I remember correctly, which also, you know, brain fog because of the period right. of hustle, I'll do my best. But we were in a show. I want to say it was Cabaret. I was not in cabaret. You we keep were in the. Theater.
0: I definitely wasn't. We were in a theater department in college. I in believe college. it was. We were in a production of a funny thing happened on the way to the forum. Sure. I didn't sure. know how to drive, and I still don't know how to drive.
1: Yeah. So I depended on the kindness of friends to take me to run errands. But we should also we should tell everybody that I, up until maybe a half a year ago, swore up and down that I was not in that show until you sent me video footage. You're talking about me- forum now. Yeah. 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 You, I didn't believe that I had done that show. I really like, I had zero memory. I blocked it out until Ellie sent me some video footage of me doing this really terrible dance that I, I was probably like really high on the marijuana and like just very uncommitted and did not care. For this dance, because I was, I mean, you could tell on my face that I didn't want to be there. But anyway, it that's you I left it out.
0: Cabaret, which is why you think I was in it. But I don't get, but
1: know. Okay, so to the point. The near-death experience. We're <laughs> driving down the street. And I remember we are going to Walmart to get bobby pins. And we basically got caught in a high-speed chase and almost got shot. I mean, that's like the short version. Right.
0: Like, we're like stuck in the middle of a street. There's a car in front of us. There's a car behind us.
1: One is the cops. One is the perps. Right. And the perps were coming towards us and they jumped over the median and crashed into a bunch of cars and landed in front of us. And I backed up the car. And like we're sitting there and people have guns aimed at each other. We
0: saw actual guns. And I feel like I remember holding your hand and like, I don't know, praying to gods I don't believe in. Like we really thought we were going to die. We thought we were going to die. So that was a bonding experience is the point. Yeah. And uh, right. one of the most frightening moments of my life... Oh, did we mention this was Florida? I can't remember yeah, you should, if you That's said, really important. That's yeah, important. Things like honest. this they happen, happen in Florida. Florida. I would say no offense, Florida, but you know what, Florida? Offense. 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 Offense Florida. taken. Florida. Duh. Duh. Nice. Nice.
1: Florida. So um, we've been friends for 20 years and... And so, yeah, that's why. So we've been bonding. We bonded over that. That was the beginning of the friendship. But lately... We have been bonding over our symptoms associated with paramenopause, which could also be called the midlife puberty and can last anywhere from 14 to 14 years. I don't know if you've heard. So it's It's not an exact amount of time. Four months to 14 14 years. years.
0: That's right. So it's not precise.
1: You could be hot flashing with the mask on for 14 years. Especially if COVID comes back, it could be like, oh Oh my God, don't even,
0: don't do this to me. Don't do this to me. So for people who aren't clear, because I'm continually surprised how many friends our age that I mentioned perimenopause to, and then explain it, who have not heard of it, don't realize they're in it. And yet when we list, when I list all the symptoms, they're like, oh, yeah, I didn't know that was a thing. People know about menopause which is mm-hmm. like the day you stop getting your period for the rest of your life but you're like not aware well, that that day happens the, it's
1: the so menopause is actually it's the year from the first day you the final day. last period yes so the final day of your last period and then you go a year and you haven't had your period you're in the menopause in menopause but
0: paramenopause <clears> which
1: the wonderful years leading up to that.
0: Right. So there's this New York Times article called Why Is Perimenopause Still Such a Mystery? And they define perimenopause as the final years of a woman's reproductive life leading up to the cessation of her period or menopause. It usually begins in a woman's 40s and is marked by fluctuating hormones and a raft of mental and physical Mm. symptoms that are, quote, sufficiently bothersome to send almost 90% of women to their doctors for advice about how to cope.
1: Yeah, and a short list of some of the symptoms that you might experience include, you know, hot flashes as we discussed, breast tenderness, worse menstrual syndrome, as in worse than you normally might have, lower sex drive, fatigue, irregular periods, vaginal dryness and discomfort during sex, urine leakage, that's my favorite, you know, Mm -hmm. like you sneeze, you're in the grocery store and then you're like, (laughs) that happened. And then, uh, yeah, urinary urgency also associated, you know, with like the urine leakage issue, trouble sleeping, also a favorite and mood swings. So does any of that sound familiar to anyone out there? I bet it does.
0: I have like 14 of those things and I don't even think you listed 14 things. So, you know, instead of just complaining about all this, fun stuff in private, we've decided to complain about it in public and maybe actually do something about it by raising awareness through this discussion.
1: Exactly. Because even though every day we have on this planet is a gift, sometimes getting older just plain sucks. I mean, let's be honest, especially when you are a woman of a certain age. But yeah. the good news is you are not alone, listeners. You are not alone. We are all circling the drain together.
0: Amazing. So, Julia, why don't you start by giving an overview of your personal peri-medical journey, like what's been happening to you? What doctors mm. have you seen? What responses have you gotten? Anything that's
1: helped, not oh, helped? Jesus, I'm already exhausted. I don't know. Where, I don't know where to start.
0: I, I know. You have to try your best because we're sharing our shit in hopes that it helps.
1: All right. I'm going to try to make. Okay. So here's the thing. Yes. People listening to this podcast. We're going to be doing interviews. We're going to be doing panels. You know, we're going to get into that later. But I'm going to try to make this story short because we're going to take deeper dives into this shit. Definitely. Like later down the line. So Overview. I would say... Totally. But I'll start with the fact that I haven't slept in eight years. So we'll like start with that. I really just like haven't slept in eight years. It's been a long time. Like the kind of sleep you used to get when you were younger, where like you would sleep pretty well through the entire night. And more importantly, like you would wake and you would feel rested. Like those days for me are fucking gone. And like, I I like I just
0: want to interrupt to say, yeah, we have not made clear that I have children and Julia doesn't. So important. that is very important because I haven't slept well since I had my kid, but the last 4 or 5 years he's been sleeping just beautifully. So he's not the one interrupting my sleep. But some people think like, oh, you, you can never break out of that, like being aware of your kid in the next room. Mm. Julia does not have children and she has fucked up sleep. So yeah, that's guys, just I what don't it have needs children. to be said.
1: Also, I need to also say that I don't have sleep apnea. Like I don't have any of these other like potential issues that might prevent one from sleeping. And it has already been identified through this process that I'm in perimenopause and that this is, you know, a symptom of that. But it started with that. And then the next thing, the really awesome thing that happened to me was about a year and a half, more than a year and a half ago, I started getting this like breast pain in my left boob. And it's always there. It's chronic. It is this the tissue in the bottom portion of my boob. And it just, it's like I've sore tit all the time. And if you're out there and you're listening and you have chronic pain, you know how difficult it is and exhausting it is to just live with chronic pain all the time, Right. So, you know, I obviously immediately when it started happening, went to the doctor and went to go get imaging done and everything came back fine. And they're like, it's probably, it's probably perimenopause. You'll be fine. It's your, this is your life now. You know, I love that. So yeah, I'm like, great, cool. Okay, fine. So a few months go on and I'm like, I cannot live like this. And then the pandemic happens. So that means I can't go and get blood work. These were in the, this was in the early days, especially probably like I don't know, May of whatever that was, 2020, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, I couldn't get blood work done, which means we couldn't test my hormones or do any of that. And so, my OB was like, "Well, why don't we put you on the birth control pill?" And I was like, "I don't care. Let's try it. I will try anything to stop the pain." I get on the pill, and it just fucks me up bad for like three months because you know they're like, "You gotta be on it for three months to to actually right. work and see what happens." I'd be patient. So I'm on it for three months. And in those three months, I discovered I had rosacea. never knew I had rosacea, but found out I had rosacea because I started getting terrible hot flashes. And when I get hot flashes, it triggers my rosacea. So that was just a dead end. It was like my sleep was 10 times worse. I was having terrible hot flashes. And my doctor was like, oh, OK, well, you know, you got to get off of that. And she's like, I don't know, like maybe you need more of this or maybe you need more of that. That conversation just kind of like petered out because again, it was pandemic time I didn't see her until months later when I could like go get blood work and do a whole thing. And at that point, it had become clear to me that this particular doctor was completely ill-equipped to deal with what was happening to me. And I think that what I've discovered is that there are certain OBGYNs or gynecologists that you go to, right? Mm -hmm. Where their main sort of focus is your fertile years. That's what they deal with. That's really all they they know. And perhaps, you know, gynecological help. So with this particular doctor, she got me through a lot of like difficult things that happened with my uterus, polyps and like some other stuff, right? Right. You know, which was important. And she got me through that. And that was great. But I was like, okay, you're not, you don't have the data. Like you're not educated enough to walk me into and transition me into the next part of my life. You don't even know how to deal with me. Instead, she was like, take some black cohosh or like, mm-hmm. you know, take some evening primrose. And I was like, woman, all you have to do is Google these things on the internet. And you can see that there is no scientific data that backs up either of these herbs. Now I am all for like herbal supplements. I am. And listen, if it works for you, I'm happy for you. I'm thrilled. Like Continue to take what's working for you. Do what's best for you. But according to medical research, these two things do fucking nothing. They don't Mm -hmm. do. And so I'm like, why are you telling people to take this shit? It doesn't do anything. Anyway, here we are today. And I've actually sort of like journeyed into like another part of the paramenopausal journey. I have been seeing a doctor in between and my levels haven't quite been like bad enough to where I might start like hormone replacement therapy, but in the meantime, I still have this boob pain. I got more imaging and basically they're like, this is your life now. So hello everybody. Like my life now is that I have this sore tit all the time and this is part of my life. But recently I had more testing done because when you're in this transitional stage, by the way, everyone out there, you need to be getting your hormones tested like one to two times a year, I would say at least, just to kind of monitor and see where you're at, especially if you're symptomatic. And sure enough, my blood and my urine results came back and my doctor was like, how are you feeling? And I'm like, like garbage, man. I feel like shit. And I've given up on life. And she was like, that's not good. Like we can't have that. And she's like, but I can see why she's like, do you have a lot of brain fog? And I'm like, yeah, man, I got a ton of brain fog. And she's like, yeah, your estrogen's pretty low. And I'm like, what? And she's like, yeah, your progesterone and your estrogen are pretty low. And we're going to, we, we should start you on those. And I'm like, okay, cool. But I'm like, at least I got someone, I, I feel like I have a partner in this person who can help me along and, you know, get me on that. So everybody, I'll be starting this stuff soon. I'll be reporting back, you know, as things develop. And um, that's my long story that I tried to make sure and didn't do a good job. You did
0: just fine. I applaud your persistence in knowing your body and knowing that something isn't right. And not just accepting what you were told the first or second or third time and pushing until you got what. You want it. And I know you haven't solved it yet. I know we're not at like period, end of sentence. Ha ha ha, period. But, um, <laughs> I didn't really to. but like you're working on it. And I also, before I even tell my story, I want to say we are freaking privileged that we have good insurance, mm-hmm. regular income and the flexibility in our jobs to be able to pursue this never ending cycle of seeking out doctors, seeking out the right doctors, paying all of these co-pays. So I can't even imagine what it's like for people who are struggling in all of the ways we know people can struggle and are struggling, especially right now since this pandemic, since people lost their jobs. So like, yeah, part of this is just trying to help crack some of this so that people don't have to work so hard to find answers to things that are
1: going on in the bodies of billions of women, women. all
0: over the world. Yeah, okay. I,
1: mean, I keep thinking, kind of taking it back to that realization that my doctor's not equipped. It's like every doctor should be equipped. Every, every gynecologist yeah. should be prepared to guide every woman into the next stage. There should be protocols in place just like there are protocols in place when a young girl gets her period it's like mm-hmm. okay well these are the next steps that we take you know it's like all everyone acts like it's the first time they've
0: encountered this yeah. and it simply cannot be it no. simply cannot be no. Uh, we're no longer in the time of our grandmothers where these things weren't discussed these right. things are being discussed we're very comfortable and the fact that people just shrug their shoulders at it is not acceptable it enrages um,
1: me i also have rage problems so it's yeah, can not help that's part of that. it it's a symptom yeah. so unlike
0: julia i have steadily been on the pill but have also experienced very clear hormonal changes, especially during the placebo week of my pill, which is the week where you're not ingesting any hormones. And for years, I have mentioned these things to various doctors, my primary care, my gynos, and they all assert that I cannot possibly be going through perimenopause if I'm on the pill because I am receiving hormones, but Again, like Julia, I know my body very well. I know that during the week where I'm not taking the pill, I could set my clock to when I'm going to get a headache for two days. That to me is withdrawal from these hormones. I have started during that week having night sweats and hot flashes and hot, cold, hot, cold, all kinds of things. So being told that I can't possibly be in paramenopause because I'm on the pill is pissing me off like Mm. Evening Primrose pisses you off.
1: (laughs) What kills me too, and just to interject quickly, is that it's as if you can't open up your computer and look it up on the internet and completely disprove their statement. Exactly. Which is also, it's like how, how, how dumb, either you're really dumb or you're gaslighting me. Like
0: what? Right, right. And I tried going off the pill to see at some point a few years ago to see if that would help any of the things I was going through. Libido issues, sleep disruption, all kinds of things. My hair, I have telogen effluvium, which is where your ha- your scalp hurts and your hair falls out in clumps, I got my period every 18 days and like, I don't know, had a libido surge for a minute and then everything went back to terrible. So I went back on the pill because I was like, well, this is worse. So anyway, I wanted to share with you that I was sitting down like trying to make notes just like you probably were about how to condense this very long years long story of trying to see doctors. And I found this piece of paper from maybe a handful of months ago where I saw a new doctor from a clinic that we have mentioned we amongst ourselves, mm-hmm. yes, where I had mm-hmm. a telemed appointment. And these are the notes, the short notes that I wrote for her to try to explain. I i elaborated in the telemed, but I'm just quickly reading the notes, okay? I love this. Sleep issues for four plus years, lowered libido, tried going off pill, hair fell out, got period every three weeks or more. Medical marijuana helped for a bit. Recently increased anxiety, hot flashes, night sweats. I feel like I'm not looked at as a whole human. My gyno says just stay on the pill three to four months at a time. And then the pandemic caused all kinds of increased anxiety, urethra pain, chest pain. I've tried gabapentin, Xanax, trazodone. Now I'm addicted to clanopin and Ambien, two habit-forming drugs I didn't want to be on in the first place. How can you help me, doctor? And I'm turning the paper over to read you (laughs) the things that she said to me. Try a thousand milligrams of calcium. Try vitamin D, a women's multivitamin. Magnesium, 300 to 400 whatever grams a day. She even gave me a brand. Flaxseed is a phytoestrogen. That helps hot flashes. And our favorite, black cohosh. I will say in the eye, I have tried these things. I perhaps have not tried them scientifically or consistently because I just could freaking tell immediately that they weren't working. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't know. Like, like you said, there's no real science to back it up. If somebody said to me, like they said to you, when you tried the pill, try ground flaxseed, try this much and try it for three months and then we'll talk. I would have, but she was just like, Nah, maybe try this. Yeah, maybe try that. And I just, it's maddening. I've had things said to me, like by a gynecologist, libido is a head game. I mean, do you have a bad husband? Maybe that's what it is. Oh uh, my God. You know, and I do know that this is the case for some women. Some women become tired of their husbands and they can't like get their head in the game. It is not a head game. I used to want to like, fuck every day. Now I'm physically like, wish I wanted to. It's not about him. I don't think he's gross. He doesn't get on my nerves. Also,
1: it's offensive when you're in a good marriage and a relationship with someone that you love. I want
0: to want to more. I want to want to
1: fuck. Right. I want
0: to want to fuck. and, And, you know, because I have a small child and it has been a pandemic, when I want to, it is completely inconvenient. Like he's, you know, remote schooling at home and it's lunchtime. Like we live in a New York City apartment. There's nowhere to go. Basically, I feel like no one knows anything. And we are constantly making ourselves (laughs) guinea pigs to test out these various supplements, medications, drugs, treatments, and it's incredibly frustrating. So there have only just now, I think, you know, look, maybe there have been More, And you and I are just noticing it because we're focusing on it. But I believe there are only just now starting to be companies focused on this, articles focused on Mm -hmm. this. The conversation is getting going. And I'm excited to be part of the conversation because... We don't want to be all negative. We don't want to just bitch. We want to find answers and we want them to be readily available. And we hope that the people that we talk to will have things that have worked for them, things that we can recommend and uh, maybe get some doctors on here who know something.
1: Oh, agreed. And I, but I think also, you know, this comes up a lot with when you and I talk about this, we talk a lot about permission, giving ourselves permission. Yeah. And I think it's also like really Letting listeners know that you have permission to be angry about this. You have permission to find answers and to want answers. And if you don't like the information that you're getting, let them know. Yeah. You have a doctor who's not giving you the time of day, who doesn't want to help you, isn't listening, doesn't make you feel seen, doesn't make you feel like a person who has problems. Then you should let them know whether you write them a letter or you leave them a review or whatever you need to do, like, You have my permission, my friend. (laughs) Tell them. Tell them how you feel.
0: This is like a major difference between Julia and I. I don't disagree with you. There's a difference in behavior. Like, I'll go to a doctor, and I'm such like a people pleaser, and I tell them my thing, and they send me away with a prescription for like this new pill or that estrogen cream, and then it doesn't work. And I'm like, well, that's disappointing, and I'll go see another doctor, but I don't really give the previous doctor feedback. Julia gets pissed, and she's like, hey... Listen to me, or you didn't. Well, the, the, the most annoying it's thing is when, because they can't
1: do better if you don't tell them. That's and it right. Could be a I know who wants to do better and they don't know. That's right. I know that you are right. It's just we have different it's different approaches approaches, and
0: I I think that that's important to it's just a, it's a uh, I, brain fog. Can I just say brain fog? Can that be a podcast thing? Yeah. Like whenever we, <laughs>
1: whenever we just like trail off into an info here, thought we just go bleh, bleh, brain fog. <laughs> Sorry. I just had some, I just had some urinary leakage from laughing. Oh,
0: good. We're good. Really um, I have urinary frequency, so we need to move it along before I pee in my <laughs> pants in my chair. <laughs> um, So, yeah. Oh, so I know the podcast is called Circling the Drain, right? I know that we did not invent this phrase, but Julia, I don't think I've ever told you where I got the phrase from. And my friend Mel reminded me the other day when I told her we were doing this podcast, she was like, Oh my God, do you remember like why we started saying we were circling the drain? Because I guess I started saying it with her. So her childhood friend, Michelle went to a doctor. I want to say like in her early thirties for some issues, this or that issue, right? Michelle is someone who you would never look at as being unhealthy or letting herself fall apart. And the doctor, upon hearing her issues, basically like shrugged and like very dramatic sigh and was like, well, you know, I mean, this is just the part where you basically started circling the drain. Can you fucking believe that a man said that to a woman, no. like a woman in her thirties? Like you can expect more of this because you are because circling. Right, yeah. you're getting old. You're not down the drain yet, but you're close. So yeah. then anyway, that's just. So I think, like, I brought it. To, I just started using it in conversation, and you and I have been joking about yeah. every time we pee our pants, laughing, literally pee our pants, yeah. laughing about these things that are happening to us. We're like, we should start a podcast. We should start a podcast. And uh, then we were just hashtagging it to each other. Right. (laughs) Text messages, hashtag circling the drain. drain. Yeah. So anyway, that was a lot of information about (laughs) our body parts, our mental health, our physical health. But if any of it spoke to you or if you think it would be meaningful to someone else in your life, please subscribe and share because we have lots of great stuff planned for upcoming episodes.
1: Yeah, we'll have brilliant and accomplished parametopausal women as guests, panels of charismatic females willing to discuss any topic we throw at them, and lots of other good stuff like we've just shared with you. Exactly.
0: (laughs) Our mission, our overall mission is to make you chuckle, make you nod your head and say, yes, that is me, also me, and most of all, make some fucking progress.
1: Indeed. And to help us maintain perspective, guys, okay, we'd like to close each episode with what we're calling Deep Shit from a Woke Kid. Now, if you know a kid who is always dropping wisdom and would like to share, please email recordings with a brief introduction to info at com. Okay, that's info at com. Please include a brief intro with your name, your age, and where you're from, and the recording should be no longer than a minute.
0: Right. To be clear, this is the child's name, the child's age, and where the child is from.
1: Unless you don't want us to use their name. That's right. If you don't, just make that clear in the email. That's and we'll all. And will just say, like, the, this woke kid is from, you know, like, Cleveland, Ohio.
0: Exactly. And this anonymous woke kid. So that's our introduction. That's why we're doing this. That's who we are. We will take deeper dives, as Julia said earlier. Before we leave you, thank you for listening. This episode was produced by me, Ellie Devorkin dunn And me, Julia Granati. Our music, called The Funky One, was written by Kevin
1: MacLeod with lyrics
0: written by me. And they're fabulous, Ellie. You did such a great job. It was so so fun. So fun. Thanks, my friend.
1: And now we will leave you with this week's Deep Shit from a Woke Kid, provided by New York kid Matthew Damiani, age 10. Damiani. Damiani. Enjoy, and we'll see you next time. Bees
0: and ants don't rely on men bees and ants. They rely on female bees and ants. Worker ants are always female, and you got the queen bee, and most of the time, when bees go out and collect nectar, it's probably a girl. Until next time, we feel your pain, you're not insane, you haven't gone down, you're just circling the drain.